I don't know. I would say like, welcome to the Kona Cogcast. We're going to talk about all cool things with Kona bikes and Kona people. And we've got such a rad assortment of riders from all walks of life. And I'm super keen to tell their stories, I guess. I think that's an amazing intro. I'm James Joyner, the host. Uh, this is Lacey Kemp. Lacey, what's your role at Kona? I think the official title on the business card that sit in my desk say communications manager, but I kind of, I would expand on that to say that I do write all the communications, but I, I do a lot of work with our athletes and our I run our ambassador program. And that's sort of what the heart of this, this whole genesis of this podcast came from the ambassador program. And that's something that's very near and dear to my heart. So wait, now speaking of the ambassador program, you know, every brand has ambassadors, but Kona has 75 ambassadors? It's about 70, 69, 70. I can't remember if it's which number it is. It's like forgetting one of my kids. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, we have a huge program, but I think it's unique in that it's not based around like how fast you race your bike or how hard you huck your bike. This is a creative based program. And I look for people pretty much strictly based around creative merit who want to contribute interest, interesting stories, interesting projects, interesting writing or artwork or whatever. I We have a race team and it's full of really strong athletes. I'm more interested in like the more cerebral part of how art and cycling tie together. And I think that's what this program is based around. I love that. One, because I'm not fast, but two, because I think that by doing that, you're directly supporting the community that makes cycling amazing. Today's guest is an ambassador who is also an early athlete. Let's be honest, Miranda Miller. What made you suggest her for our first guest? Well, I should clarify that Miranda Miller is actually not only is she what would I what I would definitely call an ambassador, but she is on our race team. She is on our enduro race team, our gravity race team, and she's downhill world champion from I think 2017. Lady knows her way around a bike for sure. But I really thought it would be cool to start with Miranda because not only is she just an incredible athlete, but she is also extremely creative and artistic. And she is somebody who thinks outside of the box in situations. And during this day, I hate to use the word pandemic. It does roll off the tongue quite nicely though. So during this COVID <laughs> pandemic situation that we're having, it's been really interesting to follow along with Miranda and how she's handling the fact that her race season has been canceled and everything that she works for is to race. And so she's turning kind of inward to figure out ways to stay motivated, to train, to be creative, to express all the emotions that she's feeling with this time. And on top of all that, she is hysterical and funny and she makes people laugh really easily. She's just somebody that I think people really enjoy talking with and learning from. And I think she's the epitome of what a role model should be in the bike industry. She's also, from everything I can see, one hell of a chef. And we'll talk about that a little bit. I think that's a good place to lead right into my talk with Miranda. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And Lacey, thanks for weighing in on the intro with me. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. Here we are. How's your quarantine going? Are you stoked? Are you having fun? It's really like not that different <laughs> i'm just not going to races it's interesting i've noticed that like my life hasn't changed that dramatically either like i'm not traveling to shoot photos as much but when i'm home i'm just sitting around drinking beer waiting for stuff to happen like nothing's really that different there's just less traffic i'm actually pretty stoked because i've got pretty good at grocery shopping i was definitely a person that would go to the store like every day or every two days whereas you know i'm like fuck i'm almost at my mom's level right now i got food for at least a week it's funny, everyone here like stockpiled like 
toilet paper or whatever. I bought like six dozen eggs and eight pounds of lettuce. And my wife's like, yeah. what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm ready for anything now. <laughs> lettuce is multi-purpose. Is it weird to be a racer and not have races? How does that even work? Yeah, it, it is actually super weird. But I don't know, for, for me, it's weird in the sense that like your motivation is just like down, like for training and stuff. But for me, I'm dealing with it all right, I think, because usually when I'm missing races, it's because I'm injured and like everyone else is racing and I'm just sitting at home alone being like, fuck, this sucks. Whereas like in this scenario, it's like, well, shit, like no one can do anything. And yeah. Racing. So there's no FOMO. Although, You're not like, oh, I'm missing yeah, out. Yeah, there's no, there's no FOMO, and there's, and it's like, yeah, racing is very important to me, like personally, and like my livelihood and like my everyday. But on the grand scheme of things, like it's pretty insignificant in what's going on right now. So it's you're like, well, yeah, like I don't know. It it wasn't as hard for me to deal with it as maybe some other people. Do you keep in touch with to? other racers? Yeah. So is there like a Zoom call that happens with like a whole bunch of frustrated racers? <laughs> Do you guys all have like a secret Strava group where you're like, I'll, I'll ruin you. And someone's like, man, I don't even live in a place with hills. This isn't fair. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a bit different because a lot of our buddies are in Europe and they are fully locked down, which like we haven't had to experience yet. Like we're still able to go like we're just beginning to see it now like the provincial park is shutting some trails which just like minimizes the places we can ride there's still like so many trails we can go ride where are you exactly you're in nelson no no i'm in uh squamish so just like uh north north of vancouver between whistler and vancouver so yeah like my friends in france and stuff they're like literally just trapped inside their house and it's kind of like this slow spiral of watching them lose their minds on social media <laughs> and you're just like shit it goes from like oh kind of miss riding like nostalgic throwback riding photos and now like their most recent photos six weeks later is just like a hot dog in water and they're like what <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <You okay, man? laughs> they're just like drinking beer for breakfast and stuff and you're just like damn <laughs> Like that could be me soon. You're you're <laughs> still switching over officially to being an enduro racer, right? Like going from downhill to enduro full time. Or was that last year? Uh, so last year switch? was my first. Yeah, my first full full season. season. Right. Your training obviously has changed a lot, and I don't want to get too into like the the super technical stuff. But but how do you train? to race when you're kind of locked down at home like you can't travel do you have like a pretty strict regimen that you've got going on there god uh, i switched it up this year and i'm working with two two different trainers so one for strength and conditioning and then one for kind of more on the bike for me what makes me feel best is to focus on 2021 and then use this time as like all right like how fit and strong and like what areas can i improve on like i have so much time now to train so then some for me it's just trying to manage like the effort I put in versus like getting burnt out, but uh, we have a pretty good program going. And so for me, like right now, I bought some gym equipment. And I'm doing kind of like uh, prison style workouts in the driveway. We kind of have a plan from starting next week uh, up until September, and so that kind of has like a break, like a decompression period in the middle. Where if we do start racing again, it'll kind of line up well. And then if not, then it's already worked like into our training program. And then as far as like on bike stuff goes, thankfully I can still ride and I don't have to do everything on a trainer, which, yeah, that would be tough. That'd be imagine? really tough. <laughs> Just like, my, my parents were 
uh, semi-professional cyclists growing up, you know, road racers. And Rotor, they always yeah. had the rollers that were like, it was like, you know, like old school. And I just remember watching them ride those. And even at like eight <laughs> years old, being like, that looks like a form of hell. Yeah. <laughs> There's just been no, like, no way. Thank you. So yeah. not for me. I can't imagine. And I, I know it's gotten a little more high tech than that now, but it's still so brutal to watch. Just the thought of it. Yeah. I'm working so hard. I'm going nowhere. Going nowhere. Staring at a wall. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> at least now you can like, what is it? Like uh, Swift. Yeah, Swift. Yeah, like Peloton or yeah. whatever too. Like you yeah. can, <laughs> yeah. you've got some dude so like funny. bleach tips screaming at you and blowing a whistle. Yeah. Dance music. Those, just like, those Peloton ads are just so brutal. <laughs> so not, like, it makes me want yeah. I would be like facing away and trying to escape. Like just turn the bike so around funny. and they're behind me. <laughs> so you're riding the Frostus one fifty three, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. How have you personalized it? Are you riding you're not riding it stock, I assume. Uh no no well, right now I kind of am. I have a prototype rear end for it. So it makes it a little bit longer. Which like for racing I really like. It just adds like some stability at high speeds and uh a little bit better traction on high speed but for like everyday riding like riding around here like the stock rear end is so like playful yeah i prefer racing i think with the long rear end but just for like kind of fun rides the the stock setup is pretty good and then i have like some custom tune on my rear shock so i'm pretty lucky the rock shock service centers who actually works directly with sram and rock shock is like two minutes from my house yeah those guys have always been super good to me it's called fluid function and so we worked a lot this winter on different shock tunes just because i always like found myself going back and forth between the coil and the air shock because i like certain characteristics of both but not like all of one kind of thing so i finally got like a super good tune on the air shock that i've been super stoked on are you picky like are you a finicky person when it comes to setup or can you just kind of jump on and go i think i've become far more picky and finicky when i was younger yeah i'd just get on and go and kind of be i don't know if it was like ignorant or like i felt like i couldn't i didn't have the power to change it so i'd just run what i brung and then the two years that i was on specialized gravity they're like notorious for testing like i actually really love like love that you're like oh like i do notice all these differences between spoke tension, tire compound, suspension setup, brake lever position, you know, like we would kind of go through everything. And that was a really cool experience to kind of actually be like, okay, no, I do like these things do make a huge difference. And it is something that I can tell. So since then, I've kind of just, and also just with experience, you kind of figure out what you like, what you don't, and then kind of go from there. And yeah, sometimes maybe I, I fiddle too much. There's like a certain point you're always trying to like optimize, but then at a certain point that might just get in your way. I get that. That happens to me. Anytime I can adjust something, I almost spiral out of it. I'm like, oh, well, maybe if I move it a little bit this way or a little bit this way. Yeah. Like you start. For it's so me, fun. <laughs> right? Seriously. And I mean, I'm obviously, I'm nowhere near your level of expertise in athleticism, but it's, I find myself being like, oh, well, I feel like this could have been easier or smoother. There must be an adjustment I can make rather than just riding better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you riding any Not other me, Kona man. bikes right now or are you just, just the process? Uh, well, I have an operator and a 134, but I'd say like 90% of my riding is on the 153. And is that the 27.5 or the 29? Uh, 29. I'm actually going to try. I'm going to try and bullet my operator or go 275 on my operator. But for me, like trail bikes, I just want 29er. <laughs> now that the world has ended, what's the average day like? Uh, it's pretty chill. I've been struggling to uh, get out of bed before nine. Kind of a bad habit. But then also you're like, well, 
what does it actually matter? Right. Other than, you know, feeling like like a bit of a degenerate. Yeah, so usually I'm up around nine. I'm going to say this to make me sound good out of bed at nine. And then, yeah, I really like cooking. So at least now I have like, it's kind of a fun time to focus on new recipes, kind of things like that. But I'm also trying to like not get too crazy with it. You say you like cooking. Are you like a foodie cooking? Like, is this like molecular gastronomy or you're like, I'm down to grill? Probably more in the down to grill kind of side, you know? Okay. I just, I yeah. like love eating food so that it's like, well... Since I like eating food so much, I should probably be good at cooking it. Uh, but you know, I like I like baking or cooking or anything. But I'm not like I'm not like super fancy. I try and spread the balance between like tasting good, but also being like pretty healthy, but like not like so healthy that it's like boring and gross. What's your go-to? Actually, this winter, I guess my go-to has been more kind of like Asian-inspired uh, noodle dishes. I usually use Bon Appetit for recipes. That's kind of probably my go-to like recipe place, mainly because they are, they're just like easy to follow those kind of like, they minimize any sort of like unnecessary, I don't know, culinary bullshit maybe. You can make interesting things without having to get too too wild or need too wild of equipment. Now, do you have like a crazy regimen of stuff that you cook before a race? Uh, It's it's so based on where you are. Like <clears throat> sometimes, like risotto is a go-to for me, like when I'm traveling, because you can like always get that ingredients, you know, because sometimes like Europe's way more like you eat what's in season kind of thing. Whereas like North America, you could you could have like some sort of crazy, uh, you know, special special meal plan. But I feel like in Europe, you kind of just have to be able to freestyle it a bit more. I'm a big fan of like the oat banana egg pancake in the morning at races because those nice. those three things, you know, you can get everywhere. And uh, it's kind of good, good fuel source for a big day. And then uh, Nutella and rice is always a popular hit, too, like to have in the pit. Some uh, white rice with Nutella. It goes down easy in the middle of a EWS day. I heard a rumor that you're super artistic and you come from a, a family of artists. I don't know. I, I think we all, I wouldn't say that we're a family of artists, but I think we all have some sort of uh, creativity behind us. Like my mom, my mom is definitely an artist. She's like an amazing painter and drawer. And she's actually super into like weaving and writing. She's really good at writing. And she's actually written a bunch of children's books that we're trying to get her to publish. But yeah, she's she's quite talented. And then my dad is definitely a creative genius when it comes to building or like engineering things like he can. He's super into cars. And so our whole life, he's always kind of built, you know, like he'll build a complete car you know like weld the chassis he's very talented that way and uh that's kind of what he loves and then my oldest sister she for sure is an artist she's a graphic designer and then my brother's kind of like this weird creative he's more maybe more similar to my dad but like when it comes to puzzles or like <laughs> anything like that he is absolutely insane like chess puzzles uh he works he works in the film industry actually so he is He's pretty creative uh, that way. And then, yeah, the same with my other sister. She She's good at, like, you know, drawing and uh, photo like into photography and travel and stuff like that. So uh, besides cycling, what's your creative outlet? For, for a long time, it was de it's probably definitely writing and maybe just like a little bit of kind of sketching, but not so much. I'd say writing is probably like my biggest creative outlet. More and more, I have got more into kind of cooking as being kind of like my my thing. If I want to just not think about biking or, I don't know, get off your phone kind of thing. Because yeah, biking can be very consuming when it's it's your passion, that's your love, but it's also your job. And it's eventually just gets to a point where that's 
all you talk about or, or all you do? No, just and that. all your friends you get... are the same? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you get to the point you're just over it? You're like, I don't want to think about bikes for a week. I'm just totally walking away from it all. Like, I'm not looking at pink bike. I'm not looking at my bike. I'm not doing anything. Uh, I've, I've never... I've never totally got to that point. For me, usually it's like talking about it. Like I still want to ride them. I still kind of want to like fiddle with my bike, but I don't necessarily want to talk about it. And then for me, like pink bike, pink bike's a weird one these days. Uh, I used to go like when there's racing, I'd go on pink bike every day because I just wanted to see like race coverage and stuff. And now that there's no racing, I find I don't really go on pink bike that much. There's a lot of, uh, I, I I don't know. I guess I haven't been on pink bike, so I don't know. But I feel like there's a lot of filler, not much killer on there these days. Maybe too much clickbait kind of stuff. So I've, I've been avoiding it a bit. Yeah, the world seems like it's going the clickbait route for sure. <laughs> yeah, like everywhere in sure. the world. Everyone's like, please look at me. Like tap here. Yeah, attention, attention. Yeah. It's crazy. With all that said, though, are you super into your phone? Like, do you feel like you're... You're really into the social media. I mean, it's obviously a big part of of everyone's life, and as a public person to some degree, or you know, a sponsored athlete, it's part of your job. But yeah, how how in tune with it are you, and how important do you think it really is, and how positive do you think it is ultimately? I kind of flip flop on it. It's funny. For it used to be, you just had to like win races. You know, that's that's how you're gonna make it. You had to win races put up video uh if maybe you're like a free ride or something like that where now we're kind of in the age where you don't have to win races as much i mean obviously that helps but if you have a strong social media following then it's like sort of a balance between the two of being a high level athlete as well as like this sort of like marketing monkey <laughs> influencer yeah so then so then for me i just try i just want to always maintain a balance of my instagram being me which is easy for me to do right now because because i have I, I, don't know, I probably have i don't know how many followers i have but it's it's a it's enough but it's not a ton like even just logging into the kona account today who who has like a ton of followers i was like holy shit like imagine if that was how many followers i'd have like it would just be like overwhelming you can't respond to all these people but you'd probably feel like an obligation like you'd want to but there's right. just like hundreds of messages in the thing that you can't even let you just don't have time to look at. And you're like, <laughs> God, that's got to be insane. Like for someone that has like over 100,000 followers, that is like a full time job. Like no wonder yeah, it's like it becomes people. your life. Yeah. And even me, like so I, at the end of the day, I'm like just sick, especially now. I'm just like sick of looking at Instagram because you find yourself going on it more and you're just like, I feel like everyone is just like in this like wasteland kind of thing. Like. I feel like now it's like in this like quarantine kind of situation that it's there are lots of positive things coming out of it, but there's also a lot more just like maybe empty posting. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. But how, so how do you think this is going to play out? I mean, obviously, nobody really knows, but the whole like world, our whole society is on pause. How does mm -hmm. this play out in the long run? Do you think it'll change the way people look at the world? I hope so. I was just getting such a kick out of like, you know, like you're driving down the highway or whatever, <laughs> the big highway signs. And it's like, wash your hands. And you're like, fuck, this is the point that we're at right now. You know, like, just wash your hands. You're like, yeah. Like, why? Why don't we know this? For me, the biggest thing that has brought awareness to is how we are globally connected. Whereas before, I've never felt anything like that. You know, you can read about something that happens across the world, but that doesn't affect me. You know, I'm just small town Canada. I just get back to my regular life. Whereas right now that's not the case we're all in the exact same situation 
and hopefully too like it's like no government is like prepared for this hopefully hopefully we are able to come out with better systems in place better you know like better healthcare systems things like that like i feel like maybe you i mean i'm sure you probably know better but like the states i feel like it, it's like really shining a light on how like messed up the healthcare system in the states is among other like, things the relation- yeah yeah, yeah. Well, among like a long list of other things, but um, just like private and public, how they don't necessarily always work together. I, I think you're right. You know, my wife is actually a ICU nurse, and it's oh, yeah. it's interesting to see the things that she and her friends have always I've heard them complain about, like how we're not prepared and they don't have the stuff that they need, even on a normal basis. Like it's it's all profit driven and not so much patient driven. To see that come to the forefront and like then get pushed beyond the breaking point is really, really interesting. But it's nice to see first responders and those people also get a lot of the appreciation that they deserve for helping people. Hopefully that continues. You know, yeah, I, exactly. I think I personally hope that there's just a sense of appreciation for normal life that comes out of it. Maybe people just won't yeah. be won't be dicks as much, but I'm I'm set yeah, up and no. prepared to be disappointed in that. <laughs> so as we as we move into summer, do you have any plans to travel or anything right now? Like, do you do you have hopes that the race season will come back around? Are you planning for it too, or you're just just kind of going to oh. stick with your training schedule and take it as it comes? Yeah, I'm going to just take it as it comes. Like, I I personally don't think we're racing this year, but like, I I don't want to be that that friggin' Debbie Downer. That's like, listen, we're all fucked for another year or whatever. I just don't I just don't understand how all of a sudden they're going to be like, okay, yeah, uh, now everyone from all over the world can then now go meet in France, let's say, you know, like, it just doesn't really like doesn't make much sense to me how it would happen on a timeline that would line up for our summer, you know? Yeah. And they've postponed like the first three races to like the end of October and into November. But then you're like, okay, well, Maybe we can do those races, but we can't race all winter. And so then what is the series? Just segues into like fat bike racing. They're like, all right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, all right, so go. EWS <laughs> is three rounds this year. Better kill it at all three rounds. And then like there, it would be cool if maybe you got to a point where you could travel within country or even within province, you know, like maybe we could go do a bunch of like BC races, that kind of thing. Like we have the some of the best riding in the world. So it'd be pretty cool if we could do like races here. But I mean, like right now you're like, you're not supposed to leave your community, you know? So like, is that going to get worse or is that going to get better? Hard to tell. Like yeah, BC, I think, I really think knows. is, yeah, like, and, and that's the thing. It's so hard to plan these things when next week's totally different. So I don't see us doing any international racing this year. Uh, my hope is like for an internal race series like in british columbia or best case canada maybe it's something similar for people in the state i feel like the states is so bad right now that i don't know kind of how long that that will take british columbia is doing a fairly decent job at kind of flattening the curve the east coast provinces like ontario and quebec are being hit a bit harder with it you know i wonder i bet that's like fallout from new york like we're four and a half hours from new york like we're a summer community like a beach community and half the cars yeah. here right now are from new york and new jersey <laughs> there's just like yeah everyone's just like we're out and i get it like people will get bummed about it they're like oh stupid new yorkers coming here i'm like man it's easy to like, fall into that but if you're be, yeah. do you want to be you're in manhattan in like in an apartment i'd yeah. rather go get have someone throw rocks at me at the beach than do <laughs> yeah, this exactly. like it's so heavy if you have the means yeah. get out i get it and we we kind of have something similar here like because we're so close to vancouver a lot of locals are getting upset that people from vancouver 
you know, they're driving up on the weekends or going camping or things like that. And you're like, well, yeah, like that does suck if say one of those, those people, you know, like if they are potentially going to, yeah, they're sick and then they're going to infect our community. On the other hand, you're like, well, I do get it. Like do not want to be trapped in a city right now. But yeah, you do kind of just have to be mindful of where you go and why you're doing it. Totally true. Any advice or any suggestions for riders on staying sane in a time of quarantine? For me, I'm just like really focusing on every day. Like as soon as I start thinking about the big picture, then that there's so many unknowns that you just get all like start feeling weird and stressed out. You know, you're like, I don't know, will I be broke as hell? Like, will I keep getting paid? Will like the friggin' bike shops like not sell bikes? You know, you start getting all like stressed out about things. But for me, it's just trying to focus on what I can do today. That'll make me feel good at the end of the day or help someone else feel good at the end of the day. And then carry that into the next day. It's so much like just one day at a time for me right now, which I actually kind of like. I've never really operated like this. I've always been like, all right, like two weeks, I'm I'm doing this. I'm fine here. I need before that, I need to do this, this and this. I like always work in like two week to one month chunks, you know, whereas now it's like 24 hours. So it's kind of fun. Some people live like this all the time. And I was like, those people <laughs> are crazy. But now that's me and I kind of like it. <laughs> I think I think it's just like letting me like kind of like let go a bit of uh, controlling things and still Life just trying to time of Corona. Yeah, exactly. And just taking it day by day and trying to go with the flow a bit. But uh, definitely exercise is keeping me sane. So uh, if that was removed, then yeah, I'd probably lose my mind a bit more. But right now I can be pretty active. Well, Miranda, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. We can do follow up after this. Seriously, we'll do we'll do a second one like back to normal. Yeah, and then see see if we're like the same people or if we've we're all, all coming out changed. of the bunkers like pale, like <laughs> kissing at the yeah. sun. No, yeah. like those fish with white eyes, just like oh my god, yeah. golems. Talking shit about a pretty sunset, blanket and opinions that I'll probably regret soon. <laughs>